Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. In a moment, we're going to bring to conclusion a series that we've been journeying through called Rhythms. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but I want to just express thanks and gratitude from our family. Many of you uh, are connected with me on social media and saw that my wife, Amber, actually went down to UCLA to meet with a specialist. For those who have been around for a while, you know that she's been battling a vocal condition for over 10 years. And uh, our prayers were answered. We got some great information And uh, she's actually going to be going in for surgery October 5th. And so if you'll be praying with us on that, that's uh, really kind of what we were trying to discern and and hope to come to clarity on. And so thank you so much for your prayer and the way that uh, you've encouraged our family through this journey. We love you, Life Center. We really do. So thankful for you. Uh, Today, we're going to look once again to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, as we bring this idea of rhythms to a conclusion. We've spent a number of weeks now looking at different rhythms that are vital as followers of Jesus. Jesus' words, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, we're looking at a paraphrase called the message, says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on Religion, And then there's these three words that we've looked at in depth each week. It's this invitation that Jesus gives us. He says, come to me. Can you say those three words with me? Come to me. What I love about that, no no matter how exhausted you are with life, with work, with all the drama going on around you, Jesus gives you this simple invitation today. Come to me. Come to me. And he goes on, he says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Can you say work? We're, we're going to come back to that in a moment. He says, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Over the next couple of minutes that we have together, I want to share a message with you that I've entitled, A Rhythm Called Reaching. A Rhythm Called Reaching. How many of you can remember a time in your life where you had some difficulty reaching? Do you remember when you were a little kid and the cookie jar, it was there, it was in your sight, but it just was out of Reach. Do you remember that? A number of months ago now, almost a year ago, I woke up one morning and uh, I did what I do every single morning. I'm a creature of habit. I have my own rhythms. And I went to put my shirt on and I always put my dress shirt on the same way. I don't know, I'm weird like that, but I always go left arm first. Come on, how many left arm first people are in the room? How many right arm first people are in the room? Some of you guys are like, Tyler, that's too much detail. I just try to get myself dressed. (laughs) But I put my left arm in, and then I reached back with my right arm, but the problem was my arm wouldn't reach. 
I, I tried to get my arm in the sleeve, and no matter how hard I, I tried it, it's like my arm was not doing what it was designed to do. And so I did what most men do in a situation like that. I didn't tell anybody, and I just hoped it got better. And weeks go by, and the problem is, instead of getting better, it got worse. I, I noticed that I, I couldn't reach for certain things. I, I was having a harder time getting my shirt on. In fact, I had to change up my whole rhythm. I had to go right arm first, and then left arm, and my whole rhythm felt messed up. And finally, I, I began to talk to my wife about this, and she says, well, maybe you should go to a doctor. It's a good thought. So I went to a doctor. He had me do some different tests, and he diagnosed me. He said, Tyler, what you have developed is something called a frozen shoulder. Never heard of that before. Didn't feel cold, but it, it was not working. It was not working. And I asked him, well, what, what needs to happen next? How do I get this thing better? Because it's not doing what it's designed to do, and he says, you need to go to physical therapy. I said, oh, that, that sounds kind of fun. That sounds nice. Now, some of you realize I had never been to physical therapy in my life. I thought it was going to be a little bit like PE. And I walk in, and they hand me one of these, and they said, okay, Tyler, we, we need to see how your mobility actually is. And, and the key is my arms are supposed to be able to do this, Okay. They said, we want you to do this. And I grabbed the red band and my arms went like this. They said, no, 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 you need to try to bring it over your head. And I'm like, I'm trying my best. And from that moment, they began to do some stretches, some exercises, because not only did I lose mobility, along with losing mobility, I began to lose strength. See, the very thing that my arm was designed to do, which is to be able to reach, to be able to kind of mobilize and move, it not only lost mobility, but because there was a loss of mobility, there was a loss of strength. I want to remind us that as the church, we are called to be a part of the reach of God. And a part of that reach is us not just saying we're engaging in the mission, but mobilizing in the mission. And my concern is if we as the church don't mobilize in this mission, we will begin to lose the very strength that we are called to demonstrate and walk in as the people of God. And so today I'm here to be our physical therapist. We're going to do some exercises today. You might want to stretch out a little bit. I'm glad that some of you, you, you knew you wore athletic wear this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being prepared. Uh, but, but today, we're, we're going to talk about some, some exercises to increase our mobility. Now, to get us ready, let, let's go to the book of Psalms. We've been doing this each week. We're looking to the book of Psalms, discovering some rhythms. And if you're new to the Bible, Psalms is about halfway through the book. If you're reading along on your phone, it's under Psalms, okay? Uh, Psalm 96, we're going to start in verse 1. It says this, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. 
Now listen to this next part. Proclaim. Can you say proclaim? Proclaim his salvation, what? From day to day. What does the rhythm of reach look like? It's not just something you do once or once in a while. See, when I went into physical therapy and I did the exercises the first day, I asked, so, so I'll be good next week now? And they just started laughing. They're like, no, you need to do these exercises every day. And I looked at them and I was like, well, no, isn't it your job to make my arm get better? I said, no, no, no. Tyler, you got to do the work. You got to lean in. And you need to do these things daily. There's something about proclaiming God's salvation from day day to day. Look at verse 3. Declare his glory among the nations. This is an incredible statement. Why? Because the psalmist is a part of God's covenant people known as Israel. And yet there's this understanding that this goodness, this good God who provides salvation, it will be declared among the nations. His wondrous works among all people. There's this proclamation going on that we're called to engage in, and yet when it comes to us understanding how we engage in this reach, there's a couple of errors that we must avoid. A couple of errors. One error is this, what I would call underreach. The underreach. In other words, I would also label that as spiritual sloth. That's somebody else's job. Tyler, that, that's why you're here, right? It, Tyler, it's your job to reach the city. No, 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 no. Collectively, we are in this thing together. And so we need to be aware of the error of underreach, but we also need to be aware of an opposite error, and that's called overreach. What is overreach? Overreach is this savior complex that some people walk around through life with. They walk into a situation and say, Good news, holiness has arrived. I'm going to fix everything in your life. See, the problem with the era of overreach is we assume that we are actually the source of salvation. I want to remind you, you are not the source of salvation. Somebody already has that job description filled. His name is Jesus. That's another message for another day. See, we need to avoid underreach, but we also need to avoid Overreach, what's the solution? It's called right reach, and we read about it just a moment ago in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says it this way, walk with me and work with me. You want to know what the right reach looks like for the church? It's when we are walking and working with Jesus. That's the outcome that we're trying to achieve. And it's vital that we understand that as Life Center, we are called to be a church that reaches wide. Why? Because the love of God reaches wide. But here's the danger in what I just said. I said that as Life Center, we are called to be a church that reaches wide. The moment that I said that, some of us are going, okay, Tyler, what's the program for us to do that? And I'm not talking about a program reaching wide. I'm talking about people who are reaching wide. Because God's mission, it it doesn't just work through programs. Understand this, it works through people. Some of us, we're waiting for a program to engage in the mission of Jesus. but, But you don't need a program. The program is right here. 
Man, just, just begin to live the life that God has called you to live and proclaim from day to day the goodness of his salvation. This is what the rhythm of reaching looks like in our lives. See, so often we, we think in terms of a program or, or events. Well, Tyler, if you want us to reach, what are we going to do? What's the, what's the next event? No, it's not, it's not just a program, it's not just an event, it's not some new stuff that we're going to go to. We close each gathering every week with this simple statement. We don't just go to church, we are the church. So if we're going to be a church that reaches wide, what does that mean? It means that we need some people who are going to reach wide. You see, this is what the Pharisees were so frustrated with Jesus about. We read this in Luke that Jesus, he's hanging out with, with sinners and tax collectors. The Pharisees are frustrated. Jesus, don't you understand? And, and Jesus responds this way. I didn't come for those who think they have it all together. I came like a doctor for those who know they're sick and they need some healing. Understand, when, when we are called to be a church that reaches wide, we're, we're not just trying to narrow our scope and say, well, well we're going after it. No. Every life in our communities needs life in Jesus. That's our assignment. In other words, Life Center, we cannot stop until every life has come to experience life in Jesus. It's why we exist. It's why we do what we do. And so let's get to some physical therapy today. Make sure you get some, some space around you because I want to talk about five mobility exercises for us to improve and increase our reach as we walk and work with Jesus. I'm going to use the word reach as our map today. Now, I want you to think right now, where, where does your reach and the mobility of your reach, where does that look like? Because some of us, maybe we feel like we're doing this, but in practice, we look a little bit like this. And maybe, just maybe, there's some mobility exercises that God wants to help develop in our lives that will increase our effectiveness in joining Jesus in his mission. Here's what R stands for. R, remember you were reached. Remember you were reached. See, never forget what it was like to, to live life without Jesus. Or, or maybe you've grown up in the church and you say, Tyler, I don't remember what that was like. Imagine for a moment where your life would be without Jesus. See, it, it becomes dangerous for us when we lose sight of where we would be if it wasn't for the grace of God. The longer we, we journey with Jesus, the longer that we engage within the church, if we don't keep that awareness growing in our heart of, God, if it weren't for your grace, where would I be? We become like the Pharisees if we're not careful. We forget what it was like to be lost. And maybe don't just ask, where would I be? Maybe you need to ask this question, how was I reached when I experienced the reach of Jesus? For some of you, you had a Sunday school teacher who volunteered their time and they showed up every single week and they poured truth and love in the life of Jesus in you. 
Some of you, you had godly parents who, who wanted you to grow to know this hope that's found only in Jesus. Some of you, you had a, a coworker, a friend who stepped in at a pivotal time in your life. You had somebody that you went to college with. I don't know what your story is, but let us never forget this simple truth that we were reached. If it wasn't for his grace, where would we be? Not only that, listen, for those who haven't yet experienced this reach, I'm here to remind you today, there's good news. The reach has already been provided. Stop telling yourself this idea that, well, well, Tyler, I got to get some stuff together before I can get right with God. Stop it. It's not about your reach to him. It's about the fact that he's already made the way to reach you right where you're at. And yet he loves you so much that he's not willing to leave you where you're at. That's the goodness of God. R, remember you were reached. E, embrace the mission personally. Personally. Do I want us to embrace the mission of Jesus? Absolutely. But, but understand, it's not just this corporate idea, this, this organizational idea. Yeah, life centers on the mission with Jesus. I have to embrace it personally. Jesus gave a mission to his church. And this mission, it requires movement. But my concern is the more that we don't engage in the movement, the more that we lose our mobility. And the more that we lose our mobility, what do we lose? We lose this thing called strength. And I never want Life Center to be a place that we lose the strength and the call that God has given us to love and serve and partner with him to transform hearts and lives that he cares so much about. Matthew chapter 28 says this. This is his final words, Jesus' final words to his disciples. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. Can you say go? Notice that he doesn't say, show up at church. No, as we show up in church, this is just the huddle, friends. This is not the end goal. This is where we learn the game plan, we get equipped, we get built up, we get some faith in us, and then we go on assignment with Jesus. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Jesus didn't say go and help people make decisions. We get excited when people make a decision for Jesus, but we're passionate and committed to helping people move from that decision to walking every day with Jesus. That's called discipleship. It says, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. What I love is Jesus gives his church this mission is it comes with a promise. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. You have the promise of his presence. And friends, this is good news. There's a research group known as the Barna Group, and they will survey people to figure out things about how the local church in America is functioning. In a recent article that I read this week, the Barna Group surveyed a few thousand people, and they found this, that over half of churchgoers do not know the Great Commission. By the way, this is 
not just half of people who occasionally go to church. This is people who are active, engaged in the church. And understand, this isn't a, a shameful thought. But we do need to understand Jesus' commission that we just read, that's referred to as the Great Commission, it's vital that we understand it and its implications. Why? Because a church that does not understand or operate in its purpose ceases to be a church. We need to understand it. 51% of churchgoers, friends, it's time for us to turn the page. It's time for us to, to expand our reach. The letter A is abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. He said in Matthew 11, walk with me and work with me. In John 15, he says this, that apart from me, we can do nothing. And here's the good news for those of us who are saying, well, Tyler, it's not really my personality. Tyler, I don't know enough scripture. Tyler, I would love to, but my challenge to all of us is understand, no, it's in abiding in Jesus and with Jesus that his heart begins to become our heart. And it's a natural outflow of abiding in him. Never forget this. We don't just work for Jesus, we work with Jesus. We work with him. Abide in him. The letter C, choose to see beyond you. This is, this is an important mobility exercise for us as the church. Because what this means, just like I experienced in physical therapy, it wasn't about my comfort my physical therapist at times was harsh. They were like, oh, that hurts? And I said, yes. They said, good, it's working, keep doing it. And, and there's this dynamic, it's not always comfortable to look beyond the border of your own life. But it's a mobility exercise that matters. You see, here's what we need to understand. Our reach will matter for generations to come. The opposite is equally true. Our lack of reach will matter for generations to come. Here's the sobering reality. We are always one generation away from the church being dead. But the opposite is true. We are always one generation, generation away from experiencing an incredible awakening. See, in the Old Testament, God had promised land to his people. And the people of Israel, they, they take a hold of the land, they settle in the land. And we read in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, I believe one of the saddest verses in Scripture. Because that generation that believed God and his promises and they took hold of the land, they get old, they pass on. And it says this, Judges chapter 2, verse 10, that whole generation was gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. One generation. One generation away. 
And this matters. Why? Because, because God, he, he sees us today, yes, but he also sees future generations. And imagine what could happen if we had a vision just beyond us. See, today we, we sit in a room where there was a former building in the 70s that burnt to the ground. Some of you, you were here. Some of you, you were alive when that tragedy took place. And all of a sudden, the, the Sanctuary for Life Center became the lower gym. And it was in that moment that, that this crazy faith rose up. And there was people who gave sacrificially. There was people who gave generously. There was people who wanted to see a work rebuilt here. Why? Not just for them, but that future generations, people like us, would sit in seats someday that we didn't even pay for. Imagine that. They, they saw beyond themselves. It reminds me of what it says in Psalm chapter 78. It says, my people, hear my instruction. Listen to the words from my mouth. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past. Things we have heard and known that our fathers have passed down to us. We will not hide them from their children, but will tell a future generation, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, his might and the wondrous works he has performed. He established a testimony in Jacob. He set up a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children so that, come on, can you say so that? So that a future generation, children yet to be born might no. Man, aren't you thankful that, that there was people who went before us and they established places and spaces and not just that, they, they let the testimony of the goodness of God flow through their lives? And friends, we know that Jesus, our King, he's coming again. But until then, we got work to do. Why? Because we are always one generation away. And I'm here to remind us, Life Center, not on our watch. We're going to hold the baton that's been passed to us. We're going to run with endurance the race that's been marked out for us. Why? So that children yet to be born might know. That's why we got to have a vision beyond us. Listen, there's children yet to be born, and they're going to know Jesus in this place. They're going to come to, to different kids' events or youth events. There's going to be spaces and places that we will build in future years. And they'll walk into those spaces, and they will experience the grace of God and be forever changed. They will rise until their generation. Verse 7, so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's work, but keep his commands. We've got to see beyond just ourselves. We can't allow the reach of Jesus to stop at us, amen? We've got to reach. Here's the point. We get to letter H. Hope. Hope is both the fuel and the focus. Well, Tyler, talking to other people about Jesus, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, building that muscle back is going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Increasing your reach, increasing that mobility, it's not always comfortable, but friends, let me tell you, it is worth it. 
If you've ever experienced an arm or a limb that was not doing what it was designed to do, the ability to get it back to what it's designed to do, it takes some work and effort. But why do you engage in the journey of that? Hope. I'm gonna do this, that which feels uncomfortable right now. Why? Because I know that on the other side of it, it's worth it. I know that on the other side of it, it's gonna make a difference. I know that it's going to bring about a change. By the way, people are still looking for hope. They're still looking for life. They're still looking for joy. And it's still only found in one place, Jesus. That's right. Jesus. He alone is the source of this idea of life to the full. See, every day I, I drive past people in our city. From time to time, I'll, I'll go into a coffee shop and I find myself thinking and reflecting are we on mission with Jesus? Is there more to the mission than, than just coming and sitting? And, and listen, it, the scripture says, don't, don't forsake meeting together. We need to come together, yes, but this isn't the end goal. This is just the huddle. And that matters because of what it says in Romans. Romans 10, verse 13. For everyone, can you say everyone? This means your neighbor. It means your children and your grandchildren. It means that barista that you get coffee from every week. It means the person that lives across the cul-de-sac or next door to you in your apartment. It means the, the, the friend that you walk past your hallway at school every single day. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Man, that's our hope. If that's not true, unplug the cameras, turn off the lights, because we have no point in being here today. But I have a conviction and a call to remind us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him they have not believed in. And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Understand, it's not talking about somebody on a stage with a microphone. It's talking about somebody who's willing to declare, to proclaim day by day the goodness of God. And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Come on, look at somebody near you and say, you have beautiful feet. I know they look nasty, but they're beautiful. Let me say it this way. They will never hear unless somebody says it to them. And nobody will say it to them unless they are sent. Let me be absolutely 100% clear. Life center, you are sent. You're sent. There's a reason why every single weekend we stand on this stage and we have this little phrase and it's not just a cute little statement to end the gathering with. It's a reminder. We don't just go to church. We we are the church. Why? You'll never hear me say we are dismissed. 
Because you can't dismiss something that keeps on going. We don't dismiss church. We send the church. You are sent to be the church. Why? You have neighbors, family members, friends, and a generation yet to be born. And, and this is where we have to have a vision bigger than ourselves. Because the reach, it came to us. But by God's grace, this reach will not stop at us. We will partner with Jesus. Amen. Can I invite you to stand to your feet all across this room? Those who are watching at home, would you stand with me in a moment? I'm going to take some time to pray. And today, I want to talk about a couple of next steps. If you're watching online, you can join us in those next steps. For those who are in the room, you can open up the Life Center app or scan the QR code. But two next steps this week. Next step number one is this. Maybe today is your day to receive the reach of Jesus. Maybe you feel like you're a million miles away from God. Maybe you feel like you don't deserve it. By the way, if you're there, I want to remind you, none of us deserve this grace. None of us do. But God loves you so much that through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all of your sin, shame, separation, it's dealt with. It's paid in full. Today, you can receive his reach. You can have a fresh start with God. All things can be made new. If that's you, that's your next step. Here's the second next step. This is where we can make this mobility exercise a little bit practical. Next week, invite somebody to join with you. It's amazing that that simple invitation. Well, Tyler, what if they say no? They say no. Is that the word? Well, it's uncomfortable if they say no. Keep working on that mobility. Keep growing that strength. Keep reaching. Why? Because God has never stopped reaching towards us. And he has a plan and a purpose for every life we come in contact with in our city, in our communities. This matters. This matters. We're called to be a church that reaches wide, so let's do it well. Amen? Amen. Let's let's live that life to the full that Jesus only offers. And that means maybe you got to smile a little bit more. Maybe you got to laugh a little bit more. Maybe you got to encourage a little bit more. Let's, let's exemplify the life to the full that's found in Jesus. Let's be a part of his reach. Amen. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Jesus, thank you for your reach, how it meets us. God, we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. God, some of us right now, we are remembering when your grace met us. Some of us, it's time for us to engage in this mission personally and embrace it personally. Some of us today, we're being reminded of the importance to abide in you. Others of us, it's time for us to switch gears and choose to to see life just beyond the borders of our own life, to see beyond ourselves. God, others, we're being reminded of this hope that's available. It's our fuel. It's our focus as we engage in this reach today, maybe it's your desire to say yes to Jesus. You're ready for his reach to meet you right where you're at. Today can be a brand new day, a a fresh start with God. If that's your desire, would you say the simple prayer with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every day of my life. 
It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision? Listen, I want to encourage us to live with that awareness. We are sent on assignment. Why? We don't just go to church. We, we are the church. So let's go. Let's be the church this week. See you next weekend. God bless.